Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. We're titling the message this morning, The Marks of a Great Mother. The Marks of a Great Mother. And there went a man of the house of Levi, and took to wife a a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, and daubed it with slime and with pitch, and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. Brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside, and when she saw that the ark saw when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold the babe wept. She had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrews, Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became his son, her, her son, and she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. May the Lord add his blessing to this portion of his word. Let's unite together in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for a day such as this we can share together in the recognition and memory of our mothers, those in our midst and those who are absent, and our Father, for those who are gone on to be with you, we remember them this day, mothers and grandmothers alike. Be thou in our midst to lift us up May even this day of recognition, recognition of mothers be used as a day of recognizing you, the Savior of the world, who instilled with in our mothers the love and the faith that we now share together. Bless us in this service as we meditate on your word. We pray through Christ our Redeemer. Amen. Someone has said that a man's best friend is his dog. But I would suggest to you this morning that a man's best friend is his mother. At least this was the case with Moses. For had it not been for the mother of Moses, we would have never heard the name. He would never have become the mighty leader of the Hebrew people that he was. 
We remember, I'm sure, very well the story of Moses. The Pharaoh had become very much concerned that the Hebrew people were growing in such great numbers that if there were an enemy that might attack Egypt, the Hebrew people might join in the efforts to overthrow Egypt. And so he decided that the way to prevent this from happening was to destroy all of the boy babies when they were born. The order was given to all of the midwives that tended to the Hebrew women that if the child was a boy, that it was to be destroyed. But we remember that the mother of Moses and his father as well finally determined that they could not possibly allow the destruction of their child. And so they hid him for as long as it was possible to hide him for three months. And when it was no longer possible to prevent his presence from being recognized, Moses' mother, whose name was Jochebed, which means the Lord is glorious, along with her husband Amram, took the child down to the Nile River, made a little boat, and sealed it up with pitch and slime, and put the child in the little boat and set it floating on the Nile River, hoping and praying that the boat would be discovered by Pharaoh's daughter or her maidens, and that perhaps she, being a woman, would have compassion upon a child set afloat upon the river and would preserve his life. Jacob had sent Moses' older sister, Miriam, just a young girl, down along the river to watch to see what might happen to the baby. And Pharaoh's daughter and her maidens came down to the river for her bath. And as the girls walked along the river's edge, they heard a child cry and went to investigate and found the little baby in the little ark floating on the river crying. Pharaoh's daughter had compassion upon the child and had the child brought. Miriam came running down to the water's edge and offered to find a maid, someone of the Hebrew women to nurse and care for the child as they would become old enough to be weaned. Pharaoh's daughter, you remember, liked the idea and told Miriam to go find her someone to take care of the child. Of course, Miriam went home and got a mother. And for three years, Jochebed had the privilege of teaching and training a young boy. Her life was only complete 
as a mother because she had the support of her husband. He agreed to this outlandish idea, but what other choice did they have but to set the child afloat on the river and pray that God would care for him. I would like to say to you teenagers, you girls, who are one day thinking about becoming a mother, getting married and having a family, you've already begun to think of those ideas as to what it might be like to be married and have a family. I want to suggest some things to you this morning that you will be complete and fulfilled not only in motherhood, although that certainly is a fulfilling and a completeness within itself, but you will be complete when you're able to share that motherhood with the father of the child, with your husband. Oft times, teenagers and young adults think in terms of marriage as something no more than sharing physical life, than sharing a home and sharing all the good things that that provides, perhaps sharing the children. But I want to suggest to you that no woman is complete as she ought to be until she is able also to share her faith, to share her ideals, to share her hopes, and to share her church. And there's many a man that has held back the completeness of his wife by not being willing to share more than the physical. There is something tremendous that we can share together when we have things common, our faith, our ideas, our ideals, our hopes for the future, and certainly our church. If any husband here this morning wants to make his wife complete as a mother, he will do it in, in sharing all of those things. Sharing the faith and sharing the church and sharing the hopes for eternity. And then she will be complete. Jochebed was a complete mother, not because she loved her child as much as she did, was willing to, to put him afloat on the river, but that she shared this idea with her husband and together they agreed that they would attempt to save the life of the child. I think Jochebed recognized that it was a God-given privilege and a responsibility to be a parent. She was willing to disobey the king and place her own life in jeopardy in order that she might, as she believed, obey God. She recognized motherhood as an opportunity to serve God. And I believe that every mother will never be complete until she recognizes that God is the supreme counsel of her life, the supreme guide of her life, and her purpose is to do that which God would want her to do. And oftentimes this causes conflict in the family in that she must make a choice, unfortunately, between serving her God and being obedient to her husband. And it's a detriment to motherhood that 
that fathers and husbands who are not fathers do not see the value in the faith of their wife and that which they're trying to do within the church. I think that we need to lift up and support our wives who seemingly carry the banner of Christianity even in the church more than we men. We ought to be sharing it equally, but had it not been for the women of our church, oh, oh, down through the years, we would not have the church that we have today because it was women and mothers who had faith in God and who would go against all odds to support that faith. I believe that she was a woman of vision. When she looked at that child, she thought that this child is destined for greatness. God has a plan and God has a purpose for this child, and I must know what it is. Three or four weeks ago, I had the occasion of being in a school in Logan County dealing with a problem that the school had that I had to be involved in. But in the parents' meeting that we had, a first-grade mother, that is, a mother of a first-grade child, insisted that everything had to be done to be sure that that school was in operation every day possible, and her reasons was, my child is going to be a doctor, and I don't want him to miss out on the first thing in school because that's his destiny. Now, the child had nothing to say about that, you understand. She had her plans made for her child. That's admirable. I don't know if he will become a doctor, but she knows that he's going to be one. That's admirable that a parent has such aspirations for their for his or her child that a mother or a father will not leave any stone unturned to see to it that the future of that child is realized. The aspirations are achieved. But the thought that went through my mind, and I wished I could have said to that mother, what aspirations do you have for your child when it comes to God? When it comes to the church, do you have the same desire that he be a Christian? And that he served God with all his heart, soul, strength, and mind. And I want to say to you mothers, but certainly as well to you fathers, that it is fine that we plan for the physical future of our children. And that we do everything we possibly can to preserve their life and to give them the best that life has to offer. But if it's only education, if it is only food, if it's only clothing, if it's only all the fine things that we did not have as children and we want our children to have those benefits, we have utterly failed, if that's all our aspirations are. You mothers are not going to succeed and be great mothers until your greatest aspiration is that your children serve and love God above all else. Until your aspiration is that they come to the saving knowledge, then I believe motherhood will have become complete. And one will have achieved what God has designed for motherhood to achieve. For three years, she had this child to hide him. 
to nurture him, to care for him, but most importantly, for three years she had him to train. And that's all. At the end of the three-year period, this little boy went to the house of Pharaoh, and do you know that he was trained to become the Pharaoh of Egypt? In the house of Pharaoh, he was destined to be the Pharaoh of Egypt. All of his childhood education, all of his teenage years, all of his young adult years, he was being groomed and trained to be the leader of a pagan nation. But the scripture says that he turned his back upon all of that and chose rather to suffer the affliction with his people. And how did he come to that decision? I suggest to you it was because for three years that mother and probably that father, but particularly his mother, had instilled within him enough of the love of God that three years would be far superior to all of those young years and teenage years and young adult years in the house of Pharaoh. When we have trained our children well, then we will find them remaining faithful to the God that we serve. She was a mother of great faith. Hebrews 11.23 says that by faith Moses, when he was hit by uh, three months by his parents, because they saw he was a proper child. By faith, it was not Moses' faith, it was the faith of his mother. She had faith in God. I believe also she had faith in herself, for she knew her own heart and knew what she had, had to do. And she had faith in her child. She supported that child with her prayers and with certainly three years of training. I believe that Jochebed was a great teacher, but a great teacher for God. If all we're going to provide our children is just that which is physical, then we have utterly failed. We have utterly failed. But we need to teach them the Bible. We need to teach them concern for others. We need to teach them reverence. We need to teach them respect. But above all, we need to teach them love of Jesus Christ. One of the great failings that I see that is happening with parents in today's world, children do not even know what this book is. They don't even know it. I see failure in that children do not have concern for other people. It's distressing to me to see kids in our society that don't have the slightest respect for their elders, don't have the slightest respect for authority, and have no concern or respect for the church and certainly for the God that we serve. I think it's a tragedy that we see children on the street that have no reverence, seemingly, for the house of God, no reverence for times of devotion. But it's difficult for us to get them to be quiet in times of prayer, to show respect in times of recognition of other people and of the God that we serve. But most of all, 
it is a tragedy that we're growing up in a world when parents are not teaching their children to love Jesus Christ. And that's what we have. A society of untaught people when it comes to spiritual matters. We send our kids to school five days a week for the purpose of getting an education. I talked to a school principal just recently who said he was going to hang it up this year. He couldn't take it any longer. He said this to me. He said, we don't have schools anymore. He said, we have child care centers and education is incidental. In his school, I could see that that was true. I don't know. I hope that's not true generally. But that's not my point. My point is we don't have educated people who know the Bible and know what God is all about. We are spiritually ignorant as a nation. We're spiritually ignorant. We know so little about God and His Word. And if we want to have great mothers, we will find great mothers who are teaching the Word of God to their children. And we'll find fathers doing the same. And I think it is certainly a shame that fathers have left the spiritual education of the children to the mothers. Let me tell you, Father, something. You're only giving about half to your child if you allow your, mother, your, your wife to do the spiritual education, the spiritual training. The training ought to come from the father with the support of the mother and not in reverse. Not in reverse. Someone said God made mothers because he couldn't be everywhere. Well, that's not very good theology. But I tell you, it's pretty good respect for motherhood. And that's why we're here this morning to praise God, but in the process to show respect for motherhood. You mothers have made your children to a great degree what they are, and you've gone against tremendous odds to do it. Some of you mothers have gone totally uh, against the wishes of your husbands to train your children. You had to, or your husband would not support you. I hope that isn't the case in, in, in too many instances, but I know it is in so many. And we thank you for it. Your children someday will thank you for being the kind of mother that instilled within them the things that makes life meaningful. They're going to thank you for an education. They're going to thank you for the, the home that you provided and the food and, and all the things that you did for them. But listen, the thing that is most important for us as children is to realize that what we have spiritually probably came from the faith of our mothers and our grandmothers more than from anybody else. More than anybody else. There's one thing every child needs, and it isn't a new bicycle. It isn't a new automobile. I don't even think it's an education. 
there's one thing every child needs. It's not a good mother. He does not need a good mother. Every child needs a Christian mother. And there's a difference in being a Christian mother and being a good mother. We have lots of good mothers. Jacobed was not just a good mother. She was a mother who put her life on the line to give her child an education in God. That makes a good mother. One who is Christian, who loves and believes in the Lord Jesus. As a child needs a Christian mother, I want to say one further thing. Every Christian mother needs a Christian husband. Did you hear me? Every Christian mother needs, desperately needs, a Christian husband. If she is to be all that she can be. And we men can only give her that, no one else. This morning I hope that we recognize the women of our church, the mothers who are not here, for what they have done for us, instilling within us something that is tremendous, that is the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we must recognize that every mother has not done this. I know some of you have mothers who are not Christian at all, for them we must pray that they will become saved. I know many of you have fathers who are not Christian. For them we must pray. Because none of us can be complete until we have a complete family, a family that is Christian. And until that point comes, there is a piece missing in our life. If you're not a Christian this morning, you're not a Christian mother, you're not complete until you become one. If you're not a Christian father, you're not going to be complete until you become one. So we invite you this morning, as a mother, a father, or a child, to yield your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, that you could be all that you can be in the Lord. Shall we pray? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.